This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic and get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day free trial. Uh, I love audible.com. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I listen to many audiobooks and listening to audiobooks is perfect, especially for people who like to listen to podcasts. Sometimes you find yourself in situations where you can't actually read a book and it's good to uh, pop in the headphones and listen to a book. Uh, some of the books that uh, I've listened to recently are Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday and Choose Yourself by James Altucher. And I really like these books because they're read by the author. And it's uh, it's really great. I'm a huge fan of Audible.com. They're really, really good platform uh, for, for listening to audiobooks. And they have a great team over there, great policy. Um, essentially, you can get a book and, and listen to it. And within a year, if you uh, don't like it or you want to return it for some reason, uh, they, they allow you to do that. It's, uh, it's a great membership to have. And uh, I highly recommend it. Go check it out. That's audibletrial.com slash mikeadelic, and you get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. So that's uh, one way you can help support the podcast. Uh, another way is uh, by going to my website, mikebrank.com. That's B-R-A-N-C.com. And on my website, you'll see that I have an Amazon affiliate link there. And uh, if you shop on Amazon already... Uh, you can just click through that link, and anything you buy, uh, I'll get a little small percentage of. So you can help the podcast, support the podcast at no extra cost to you whatsoever. Um, there's also a Wim Hof uh, promotion on my website as well, another program that I support uh, where I also earn a little tiny, tiny percentage of commission uh, for promoting uh, these these things, and like I said, at no extra cost to you. So the Amazon link and everything that's on there and audibletrial.com slash mikedelic, uh, go check that out. And um, and yeah, and I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Thanks. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Back in business here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Mikeadelic. Very excited to uh, have this guest on the show, Jason Bassler, co-founder of the Free Thought Project. What's up, Jason? How's it going, Mike? Thanks for having me on your show. 
appreciate your uh, patience and persistence to make this happen. Yeah, of course, man. No, and and likewise, same with you. Thanks for thanks for making the time today. Um, so yeah, we were just having a cool conversation that got uh, fucked up because I'm an idiot. But uh, <laughs> but um, but I want to talk a little bit. Well, you know, we we were talking about like media manipulation and just kind of that bullshit. So I, we'll definitely get into some of that. You know, um, and just I guess to give you a little bit of background on like where I'm at, my podcast and, and things I'm doing. Uh, I'm an anarchist, you know, voluntarist. Um, but uh, I, st- I, I do another podcast called Part of the Problem with uh, my buddy, stand-up comic Dave Smith. We talk about like, we, we talk about politics there kind of from the perspective of a libertarian angle. This show is kind of more about um, trying to m- mesh in the world of, of I guess, psychedelics and, and anarchism. You know, just I, I feel like there's, a, there's, there's something there you know, in terms of free thought. And, that, and uh, that's why I'm so glad that you're here because you kind of represent yeah, that. I definitely think it's an interesting concept. And um, they do kind of go hand in hand, I guess, in maybe different ways, but they, they definitely seem to have a common bond and similarity there. And I feel like a lot of people who have kind of progressed and evolved to the philosophy of anarchism or voluntarism probably have had some experience with psychedelics. Uh, that's just been my experience most of the time uh, when I do talk with people. It's not the first thing that happens to come up in conversation, but eventually it does kind of surface where, you know, we've we've had these experiences. And uh, I think there is something to be said. I mean, um, you know, you certainly see things from a different perspective, I, I believe, you know, when you do kind of, uh, I guess it depends on what you experiment with. But um, we, we certainly get inundated you know, since on a daily basis and pretty much since we were born with a completely different perspective of what life and politics and kind of just in general what uh, this existence is supposed to be. And so I think it kind of uh, cleanses the palate in a sense. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to experiment and open that door, uh, which in some cases sounds frightening to some people, but as, as we've seen with uh, certain instances with like, veterans who are coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan, and there are um, benefit, beneficial aspects to uh, curing and trying to, you know, alleviate some of the symptoms from PTSD and whatnot. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, two thumbs up. Definitely appreciate the, the concept of what you're doing and the perspective. And, uh, yeah, man, appreciate you having me on the show. Cool. Well, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they, and, and – uh, and, like one of the things that I'm like really concerned about too is because you know I'm kind of like walking in, walking in both worlds of uh, you know I just attended this like psychedelic conference uh, over the weekend here in New York the uh, Horizons uh, perspectives on psychedelics and um, it, it's it, I, I take the position of of an anarchist you know like where I'm I'm not I don't really feel that there needs to be any kind of uh, policy, uh, working with, uh, these people or whatnot. I take the, the hard stance of like cognitive Liberty. Like it's my brain, it's my mind. Like it's my thoughts. It's my consciousness. You know, I don't want anybody uh, aggressing upon it and, uh, I want to be able to, to do whatever I want with it in order to, yeah, like you said, cleanse the palate of, uh, of the, you know, the statist like goop of, uh, propaganda and, and bullshit that we've, we've, that's been thrust upon us, you know? Um, the, 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 how the states grabbed our, our brain pussy, you know, or something. 
<laughs> but uh but yeah man so like so how did you get down this this path what like what led you to to be the freedom fighter that you are <laughs> appreciate that man um you know I, i've kind of joked around about it before that i think some people are inherently kind of born with just like an understanding of natural law and kind of like what you're saying like you own yourself you own your body you own your existence somebody has the right to tell you what you can and can't do with your own body uh, especially your own mind, which is basically what the drug war is. Um, and I feel like from a very young age, I kind of had that, embraced that mentality. Obviously, I didn't uh, understand it philosophically until later when I started to develop having an understanding of a lot of these concepts. But um, I kind of always more tended to be on the side of activism and uh, just trying to more or less pay attention to what was happening around me. Um, from a pretty early age, I was... Uh, vegetarian and vegan uh, at some points and um, kind of live in a very open-minded area. I live in the, the Bay Area of San, uh, near San Francisco, California, which definitely leans heavy to the left, but I think it also embraces uh, counterculture. So that was kind of always instilled in me as well. And so um, I got very much into like the music scene at a young age and around here, which uh, back in those days, it was kind of heavy with like the punk rock and hardcore, and I think that in itself kind of set me on a, a path to kind of being uh, open-minded, aware, um, conscientious, um, all those things. And it's funny because a lot of people would think the opposite of like the punk rock or the hardcore, or whatever. It's a lot of screaming and whatnot, but it does really instill a set of principles, I think, into the youth and the younger generation, which turned out to kind of be my starting point and my foundation. Um, after that, I kind of, uh, like I said, I got into music and ended up kind of focusing on music, went to, uh, I played in bands, I toured, um, did albums, went to recording school, uh, audio engineering school in Los Angeles. And while I was down there at Occupy Wall Street uh, started happening and um, I just kind of started paying attention around that point. Like I saw people my age who looked like me. Uh, how, how old are you? I'm uh, 34. Okay. Yeah. We're okay. I'm 30, uh, 32. So we're about the same age. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I remember, I remember the same, same thing happening, man. I, I remember being, being at a job that I hated and I remember the Occupy protests were going down in, in New York and I was like, man, I want to go down there and see what's going on. Like what what's happening? It was like 2000, what, 10 or 11, something like that. Uh, 11. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm saying exact thing, you know, and I, I really got inspired because I saw so much of the police brutality and, Police were very heavy-handed at uh, Occupy demonstrations. I mean, literally throwing people around, beating people. Uh, and that kind of just lit a fire inside of me. Um, and I guess at that point, I kind of realized that I needed to do something. Police the police. And that's when, <laughs> that's kind of more or less when I did kind of, yeah, started to formulate some of those ideas of the realization that the police were out of control and uh, there was a police state brewing and, uh, so, yeah, um, that's right around when I started to kind of get into Ron Paul as well. And right. it kind of took me down a path as far as the voluntarism train and, you know, a lot of the philosophy, the economics, um, everything as far as that goes. Um, so, I don't know. I kind, of, I kind of feel like, you know, obviously what some people would classify as like the voluntarist camp or the anarchists as being like the far right extreme. But I also have some of this leftist... Uh, I always hate using that term because it's so loaded, but 
some of these other issues that were kind of a part of my upbringing. And so I, I kind of feel like I'm somewhat balanced in that sense when I look at some of this stuff and try to uh, think about how it's being conveyed by other people, uh, especially our information, because I think a lot of times information, when the way it's presented, is very polarizing. Yeah. And uh, that's sometimes what turns people off. So if you could kind of present it in a way that isn't so polarizing, uh, people tend to try to... to accept it and understand it a little bit more. So um, that's more or less how uh, things started. Um, the actual story of the Free Thought Project is a little bit different. I don't know if you want to jump into that. Yeah, let's yeah, let's 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 jump into it. Yeah. I mean that's that's uh for for me that's kind of I know you have so it's the Free Thought Project is kind of the main one. And then you have V for voluntary, you have End the Drug War and Police the Police. Um, right. Right. Yeah, and those are yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the the website is the Free Thought Project. That's kind of our main uh, project, our main concern, our baby. Um, that's also you know how we get all of our articles out. Please, the police. Um, you know, unfortunately, it hasn't been anything other than a Facebook page. Uh, that's basically a community. It's if I would say probably the biggest uh, police accountability community, the most thriving police accountability. Uh, community on Facebook right now. So, um, but other than that, we haven't really done much. I hopefully eventually at some point we kind of get that off the ground and make it something other than just a internet project. But nonetheless, we're still reaching a lot of people doing that. Um, same thing with views for voluntary and the drug war. They're both just Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. They kind of focus on those niches. And, uh, yeah. But I mean, they have a lot of fans, a lot of likes, you know, a lot of people sharing what you guys post out there. Um, so, you know, don't sell them so short, you know, they're, uh, they're great. They're great. But, uh, but free thought project, free, free thought project is the one that gets probably the most attention, right? Like you guys have something over a million fans or, or what's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the free thought projects at one, almost like 1.6 mil. Wow. Um, police and police has crossed a million fans. Uh, last month, I think we're at 1.1 mil now. So yeah, things are definitely growing fast. Uh, that's definitely our specialty. If anything, that's kind of my uh, focus. I kind of tend to do more of the behind-the-scenes uh, social media stuff for the Free Thought Project. Um, I don't do any of the writing. Uh, that's all Matt's department and his realm. He takes care of all the writing and the writing team. We also have uh, five or six awesome writers. Uh, we have two or three of us on the social media team. And I must take a second, too, just to say that we have the most kick-ass, unbelievable team. I mean, they, these guys are the most disciplined, hardworking freedom fighters, and uh, I couldn't be any happier with the group that we've assembled as far as um, the people that I work with. Uh, you know, we don't ever have any drama. We stay focused. Um, we keep our finger on the pulse, and everybody just kicks ass. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need you need a good a good crew. Uh, that's that's very important. And you guys are constantly putting out. Uh, new new stuff, and I think one of your most, uh, at least like for me, I remember seeing like one of your memes and just being like, "This fucking group gets it. Like these guys get it. Whatever." Um, you know, I, I come from the world of comedy, like doing stand up comedy in New York, and uh, and and everyone's always trying to figure out how to get like a really good joke, like a really good setup. 
and then like a, a punchline, just wham, bam, like one, two. And, and, and I, when I saw you guys putting out those memes, maybe a couple of years ago or whatever, I don't even really know when it was, but it caught my eye. And I was just like, this is really powerful. Like this is a really powerful way to communicate in this modern age where we live in, where nobody has a fucking attention span, where people are just cruising through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And then you guys come along and it's, it, it, it really does grab your attention and focus you to go then click further and learn more. I mean, if you want to, if you're, if, if you, if you have the brain cells to, to handle, to handle the truth. <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate that, man. We, we really take a lot of, uh, pride and we really try to make sure that we're presenting the highest quality, uh, graphics possible, uh, whether that be the actual image itself or the way we word things or, the point we're trying to convey and I absolutely agree with you, man. It's, it's amazing how powerful social media is. Um, just this last week we reached 60 million people just through the free thought project. Uh, wow. just one, one week, you know, this past week we're down to 40 million, which still, you know, <laughs> nothing to, you know, really be ashamed of, but. Well, that's, I mean, dude, that, 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 that is amazing because I mean, if you think about it, you know, the, the, the kind of the grasp that this, dying mainstream media has had on the on an industry for so long where they were the only channel of information i mean now we have so many places where people can get information from and those numbers are like dude that's far past like anyone on like msnbc like what are they who's watching that shit show program you know it's like <laughs> there's there's still a bulk of people that are kind of tuning into that you know to that garbage but i think now more than ever and we were talking about this before i uh fucked up the audio i keep it real keep it real with my audience <laughs> but uh we were talking about this before about how um you know there's a there's there's a there's like a gap there's a vacuum that that's waiting to be filled you guys are filling that and pe- now more than ever during this election season uh, which sucks, which every election season always sucks. But this one has been pretty, um, I think, revealing in terms of like leaked documents and and secrets. And, you know, the the, the public does not trust either of these people uh, that we have up there. And so they, they're more, more than ever looking to alternative sources of information. And this is what the internet was, the great promise of the internet, right? The The information age. So you guys come along, and you guys are are doing stuff. So you ha- do you have a team of uh, journalists? Like where? How do you explain? Like I, I guess maybe like a typical kind of functioning of of Free Thought Project. What what happens from idea to you know you putting it out there? Sure, man. Yeah. Um, well, we're we don't have one central hub, so we're all spread out across the country. Uh, Decentralized. All right. Yes, my partner's in Louisiana. Uh, I'm in California, like I mentioned earlier. Um, all the writers are basically everywhere. So we, we basically all come together and share ideas in a, a specific chat group that we're all in on Facebook. And um, from there, we kind of, uh, the writers kind of pick and choose what stories they're going to take. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how specific we want to get this. <laughs> too much time. No, but um, yeah, I mean, so, but basically I, I guess what I want to uh, focus on more specifically is like, I think the strategy that you guys have taken has been so good, you know, has been so effective. So, I mean, 
the foresight to see kind of like the trends to outthink, you know, to know what people our age want. I mean, that's really important to do. Um, and, and then getting the truth out there, you know, communicating the truth. Um, yeah. so you can, yeah, no, go ahead. You could, you could write the most prolific, profound, you know, just important. Everybody's got to read, uh, article but if nobody reads it then it's it's nothing right? mm -hmm. if 10 people read it then it doesn't go anywhere we kind of recognized that at a very early point within the free thought project and even before we started the free thought project i already had views for volunteer i already had places uh, please the please and get involved you live here three different facebook pages so we were already kind of establishing an audience um and i kind of already was starting to kind of get in tune as far as what uh this audience demographic resonates with what they engage with um, and I think that's kind of it, man. And I think this applies to many different aspects of life and not necessarily just with Facebook, but you, you just have to be observant. You need to watch for patterns. You need to see what people engage with, what, what is important to them. You know, um, by doing that, you could start to figure out different formulas, different templates that, that work. Um, it's all trial and error, you know, and, we literally have, um, in a sense, a market of its own on Facebook. I mean, people will like if they find something valuable. People will share if they find something valuable. Um, you know, so that's giving you instant feedback. And when you do that, you, you look and you see, well, this article went out. Um, this one's about Monsanto and GMOs didn't do so well. It doesn't seem like people really care about that anymore. It's still important, don't get me wrong, it's still something that we still need to cover and I still think people need to hear about occasionally, but if we're trying to reach the masses and a large group of people, then we need to focus on what is trending, what's important, what people are talking about in that moment. And a lot of times, if you can find what's trending, whether it be you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie getting divorced or whatever it may be, you kind of hijack that to your own benefit and kind of interject your own perspective. And I think we'll start to see this more and more. And I think it's already becoming very apparent just because the hype train works like that. And it's kind of worked like that throughout the commercial world for years. Um, but it's going to be jumping more into the social media side of things where we're going to see violent changes within trends where like within two or three days, this topic's popular two or three days past that, nobody's going to be talking about that last topic. This is the new topic. This is what all the memes, all the videos are going to be about. And we've already started to kind of take advantage of that. Um, I've seen, you know, people who we would call our allies, people we call our competition. I mean, people just in general on Facebook definitely understand and starting to recognize that more and more that that's how you grab people's attention because that's what they're talking about with their families. That's what they're talking about when they're at work. That's what they're talking about with their friends. And so if you can kind of take those specific subjects and, like I said, kind of hijack them and then put a spin on them like, well, you care so much about this subject, but what about the fact that we just bombed three radar stations in Yemen, you know? Um, so I think, you know, yeah, people see those types of those comparisons and correlations, then they start to think themselves like, huh, like maybe I am being fed bullshit. Maybe I can start paying a little bit more attention and, you know, like you were saying, man, the memes, I mean, those are visually such a great way to inter, uh, to grab people and interact with people and have them interact with information, you know, because I think most of the time, and I, I am personally, most people are visually oriented. So 
you see something, and if it's text, a lot of times it's not going to really grab your attention. I mean, maybe if it's very sensational or something, but a lot of times if you can find just the right images and just the right words and combine those, you're really going to be able to, uh, you know, grab people's attention. No, yeah, that's, I totally agree. I mean, and we live in such a kind of a superficial world where so much stuff is all about kind of, you know, what do you got? 10 seconds, show me, you know, let me see styles, you know, style over substance in a lot of, in a lot of areas, which I mean, look, I I think it's important. You know what I mean? It is, it is kind of a lot of what we, what we're, what you guys are exposing and stuff could be like kind of boring to the average person who just doesn't really delve into this world. You know, they, they watch whatever, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever, and, and, and just go to work and they're content living it within that kind of realm. And, uh, yeah, to kind of, I think that's a great tactic to kind of like piggyback on, on what the current trends are and then deliver information in, in, in a, in a, like a jarring way, but not like too not too rattling where they're, you know, but you're, you're doing it in a sense where you're kind of like, you're kind of waking people up, you know, I mean, that's, and, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to have you on the show in this whole thing of free thought, you know, it's like, there's, there's so many people that just kind of, you know, don't are not exposed to this, uh, out, this, this alternative perspective. So in, in order to kind of like, you know, and I think that's one of the, one of the great things that like the internet has done has made us like connect with each other and everything. But there's also this kind of like downside of, of, uh, of filter bubbles, which kind of keeps you in insulated to like only what you like and only what you care about. So yeah, I mean, like if you can, if you can reach people that are normally not in this kind of sphere of caring about politics and the environment or whatever, and if you can grab them and pull them into the conversation, I mean, you're doing, that's like, you know, that's, that's the work of like, uh, you know, like a, like a Buddha or someone, you know, just kind of awakening, awakening consciousness, you know, getting people to kind of care a little bit. Like you said, you know, you, you live here, you know, get involved. Um, yeah, yeah so, guilt trip in the name itself, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, please. Right, man, you're absolutely right. And I think most people default to the mainstream. And I think even before the internet, and you know, I guess we're a little older, but I think there was probably an alternative group and mindset of people you could probably even remember in your high school and your junior high who kind of didn't really go along the beaten path with like the mainstream, you know? And I think. You know, I think those people are the ones generally who we kind of are aiming our targets at, but it's kind of more of the people who are kind of on the borderline, you know? Yeah. Aren't quite sure. They know something's amiss, but they still feel like they need to go along to get along. And, you know, I think that's a very natural psychological uh, way of living. I think most people do what they have to to be socially accepted. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that means just, like I said, going along to get along, believing and saying and repeating different mantras and different beliefs, regardless if you've actually identified and examined them from, you know, the very ground basis of, you know, where they came from and what they, what they mean and why they exist, you know? So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely challenging, but I think those are the people who are desperate and like you said, hungry for this type of perspective. And so, a lot of times, yeah, by using like a famous celebrity or something, uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll try to put that in a meme or whatever, and they'll see that. And like you said, it's just kind of planting the seed, you know, and hopefully they can kind of go from there. And yeah, I mean, I've seen meme, a meme five years ago, you know, that's, it hasn't left me, you know, and it's still kind of in the back of my consciousness and I think of occasionally or whatever. And so hopefully that's kind of what we're doing. And hopefully after a, a while planting all those seeds, regardless or not, if they've taken the time and the initiative to kind of explore their own, philosophy and beliefs they'll kind of start going in the right direction you know maybe hopefully <laughs> yeah 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 and it's it's definitely i think i totally agree with you there because there there are people that are kind of just completely shut out but the people that are on the fence that you you they kind of have this and and you know i was like this I was born like I don't know, maybe similar to you. Like I was just born like a I was a born rebel, you know. I just never had any respect for authority, but <laughs> I, I really didn't. I just I I, I was I, I felt I always felt like why do I have to do this stuff that they're telling me to do? Like I don't I don't believe anything anyone's telling me to do, and I don't want to do it, and uh, I don't know why I have to. But I would just go along to get along, so I wasn't deemed like crazy or weird or you know like an outsider or just like have people like think of you as just some kind of loose cannon, some nut. Sure. Uh, although I, I, I was, but, <laughs> but I didn't care because I'm like, yo, this is real. Like, I don't know what you guys are all living in, but this is a real life. Uh, you all seem weird and crazy to me, but I definitely like, you know, I trying to spread things and share things to your friends, like to, to family and friends, because that's that's another thing. Like people um, that see the the things that you, the content that you guys create, I think this is in a, we're in a good age right now where it allows you know because if what what's the internet if it's, if it's not arguing with with people right? So it's like you know people are having arguments on social media all the time. So you're kind of you know you're providing them with this ammo to be like, well, look here, like check this out, you know, and, and that foot in the door might turn, might turn the tide of, of, of that. Now, I don't know, I don't know if it's really like, you know, if people are actually winning arguments on social media, but at least they they have things to provide evidence to give proof, you know, things to share with people and sure. to, and to spread that, uh, that knowledge because that, that's what it is. I mean, it's cliche to say, but you know, knowledge is power. So I think if the more informed that you are, you know, the better, the better life you're going to live. Um, yeah. And, and, and you guys are doing a, a great job at that. So what, what's, uh, like what's currently going on right now? What, what are you guys like looking at any kind of like big projects or like, you know, kind of goals for the future? Where, where do you see this thing going? Um, well, as of right now, we, I feel like, uh, just starting to kind of hit a plateau that we're, we're very happy with and a production, regiment and our numbers are at the point where we're finally starting to feel like uh, we don't have so much work to do because it was kind of an uphill battle for a little while just trying to get our pages to a million plus fans which seems to be kind of where you have to be these days on Facebook to see even reach a decent amount of people um, so that's been kind of our, our focus um, we are shifting gears a little bit we're kind of jumping more into the video video realm sure you've seen I have yeah yeah um we've been trying to do that more obviously you've seen on Facebook that those are very those are good popular Facebook rewards with um their algorithms videos so uh we're definitely trying to do that and um not sure quite sure if we have the free thought project uh, affiliated or joined at this point I mean of course um 
by proxy because I'm involved, but I'm actually kind of working on something myself, which I'm kind of excited about. I can't touch on it too much, but we're going to be planning, hopefully, for next year, a little uh, alternative media summit um, for some of the, I guess you could say, people, more or less is anybody interested, but we'd say some of the, like the more big hitters, I guess, people who have really kind of started to do things with an alternative media uh, community. We're going to try to target them and have them all come out for a summit so we can uh, all kind of network and get on the same page. And, um, you know, we see the mainstream media day after day, um, you know, with their narratives, they're very uh, cohesive, they're very, um, you know, coordinated. So we kind of need to be on the same page and not necessarily with like a, you know, perspective that's false or whatever, but at least trying to combat some of their bullshit. And if we could kind of do that on a larger spectrum, then I think we're going to have, once again, more people, even than we could reach just as one or two organizations like us and let's say the anti-media who happens to be one of our close uh, allies. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we kind of feel like that will be something to kind of uh, get us going in the right direction. Um, And that's also going to be activists um, geared towards activists as well. We don't want to, exclude that specifically to alternative media because obviously um, as you said knowledge is power but knowledge plus action is progress so we need to uh, actually you know make some of this stuff happen and it's wonderful when we are getting the word out there and we're reaching millions of people but if we're still just clicking and not actually making things happen in real life um, and not to say all that always means protests or petitions or whatever it may be but that does mean that action needs to be taken in, you know, the real life. So right. um, hopefully uh, that will kind of spark some of that and we could get a lot of different outlets on the same page. Um, it's going to be a little challenging though, because I think uh, once one group kind of takes that position of like, Hey, like we're trying to put this on, like automatically people perceive that as a hierarchy and like we're, you know, I don't know. It's really strange when it comes to a lot of this. And um, obviously, like I said, they are, within the alternative media spectrum, but in the same sense, we're all kind of competitors because we all are trying to, you know, continue to do this and we do fund ourselves through our websites and whatnot. So it'd be a little challenging, but yeah, it's, it sounds interesting though. It sounds fun. You know, it's, it sounds like the, the, the turning of a tide, uh, so to speak, you know, it's like, I, I really, you know, I was watching, uh, I was watching like, I think I was watching Obama give some talk before on like MSNBC. And, uh, I'm just like, man, I just, the way that they cover everything, I just, I can't even, I can't even like understand how anybody really believes anything that they're saying anymore. Um, it's just, it's fascinating to me. It's, it really, it really blows my mind. It's, it's like, it's comical. Like I, I sit down and I laugh at like, uh, at these people. Um, it's apathy, you know. I think, I mean, the, the ignorance is certainly there, but I think a lot of it's just apathy. I, I think a lot of people are just could care less. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting. It's like they have this this kind of um, everything sounds very professional, and like we're delivering it to you because we're a trusted name. You know, it's like this 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 kind of. Uh, false uh professionalism or like over intellectualism of things and making everything sound like really uh you know well, there is some collateral damage in Aleppo and we're not sure yet and it's like okay all right i i don't it's uh you know you are you familiar with the movie they live like with uh yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> anyway. It's funny. I just made a meme like along those lines. It's uh, one of the the mainstream CBS news reporters. I can't remember his name right now, but it's uh, you know the top line is a new study shows, and then the bottom line is we get Americans to believe anything as long as we sound assertive, wear fancy suits, and expensive sets. And I, I think, I mean, yeah, it probably applies to politicians as well because they think the whole you know debate uh, spectacle is as large as life as they can, and you know. Um, and the same thing goes with government buildings and the whole the whole spectacle of the the cult of government. And, right. You know they have to do what they can to make people believe that these things are important to them and they they exist in real life. And as we know, as volunteerists, you know they're just mental constructs and illusions. But kind of group thinked group thought ourselves into this situation so <laughs> yeah yeah so i i saw that uh that you guys recently had uh changed your logo and then i saw that it said no war with hashtag no war with russia that just changed this morning man you're pretty observant yeah we changed the i'm on top of this yeah two or three days ago um and then just this morning yeah we just switched that out so good eye you're uh i appreciate that but yeah i think um there is a, quite a few people, quite a few outlets as well, trying to get that uh, hashtag going. Um, I've seen a lot of people with their profile pics as well changed um, to the No War with Russia profile pic. Um, but yeah, we had somebody just recently, I actually have always done the banner and uh, logo and everything for the, uh, the page. We just recently hired somebody to, uh, a friend, an activist. Um, but she's really great with graphic design and whatnot. So she uh, just switched up for us. So I'm really happy with it. What do you think? Is yeah. it, does it look okay? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more professional than before. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I think it looks, yeah, it looks good. You know? Okay. Yeah. I, I like it. You know, I, I, I thought the, the old one was good too. All right. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, <clears throat> The uh, the war with Russia thing, like this, is something that's 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 being drummed up, you know, and that we're hearing now. Uh, I think I saw like Wolf Blitzer report something the other day on CNN, like we might go to war with Russia. Like, I mean, is this is this like is this a fantasy? Is this like a mainstream media narrative? Is this a, a, a fucking CIA Operation Mockingbird agenda or something that's that's happening? What is this? What the hell's happening here? It's always hard to tell, right? I mean, we always will hear different uh, reports of escalation in the Middle East and in the Red Sea and uh, exactly what's, what's happening right now with, uh, you know, this Gulf of Tonkin 2.0 situation going on right now with Yemen. Um, but who knows, man? It could just be saber rattling. Uh, it could just be a way to, to make clicks and to sell news, you know. Um, we're trying to just report on what we're hearing. We're not really putting any of our perspective into the stories. Uh, we've just been covering other outlets and kind of uh, just trying to keep our audience up to date as far as what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, hard to say, man. Hard to say, right? Like, I don't want to say that it's not going to happen and I don't want to say it is going to happen because who really knows? Yeah. But things are definitely escalating. It seems like there's a, definitely a proxy war that's starting to kind of escalate right now with mm-hmm. women uh, and Iran. Um, I'm sure you heard, you know, there was like a missile exchange yeah. uh, a few days ago and 
Of course, after we fire our missiles at three different uh, radar stations, they admit that they actually had no idea who the missile came from and what it was intended for. It just happened to come somewhat in the vicinity of one of the Well, we only fired three missiles, so it's not a big deal. We fire, you know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, for now. For now. <laughs> we'll see. That's the way that they think, though. You know, it's like, well, you know, we had to be sure and just... Yeah, we've been we've been fucking up that whole region for for way too long, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that I think that uh, that there is a possibility that there could be some kind of I mean, you know, we're we're living in an age where we have nuclear weapons; they haven't been used in, in since you know the the devastation on Japan. But uh, it, it is kind of this weird thing that kind of keeps you in check with other nations of power, like like Russia, I guess. Um, but I think I, I'm I am more I think I'm a little bit more afraid of of a Hillary Clinton presidency uh, in terms of of that coming to fruition because uh, she is very hawkish and uh, Trump at least says that he wants to talk to uh, Vladimir Putin negotiate with him but then again you know even this kind of even the spectacle of this debate and this election has me questioning you know what what these people are saying too so. What do you think about like? I mean, I know you were. Ta- I I personally I, I hate politics. Really, I, I think it's all just a bunch of bullshit. But in terms of uh, public perception, kind of like wh- what you see out there, in terms of what you guys are circulating with your news stories and stuff, what, the kind of feedback that you're getting. What what's your take on on this election and kind of what what people are uh, are providing you with feedback of what they're what they're thinking. Well, it's a shit show. I yeah, think we can start there. <laughs> um, I have unfortunately seen a lot of people who I thought were anarchists and voluntarists kind of be persuaded and uh, kind of unfortunately jumped on the Trump train. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's you know a little concerning to me, um, but at the same time, people love rhetoric, people love sophistry, um, and you know Donald Trump is great at that. He's very great at telling people what they want to hear, but all politicians are. Um, so I don't know. I mean, as far as what I see, I, I have a very hard time believing any politicians, anything that they say, I take it as a grain of salt. I always will. Um, they say anything they can and will have to, to get elected. So, uh, I mean, I guess I'm kind of not quite answering your question, but, um, you know, we're just, I agree. I, I definitely see Hillary as being, I mean, she has a track record of being more of a warmonger, let's put it that way. Obviously, Trump hasn't had that opportunity as of yet, but a lot of his rhetoric is certainly frightening, and uh, who knows how much he'll actually act on if he does become president. Yeah, they're both horrible, yeah. Sure, you know, yeah. but I mean, we got to keep in mind, too, a lot of this stuff, and even just this whole circus of the presidential debate, or excuse me, the election, I mean, it means very little. It means very, very little. I mean, there's like, what, 1.9 million bureaucrats, you know, who really run this country? And right. And so, I mean, the people who really run the country are never elected. You know, they're, they're put in place. And we know that regardless of whether it be a president or uh, whoever, you know, any of these different alphabet agencies that exist. Mm-hmm. So, um I, the deep state is so far, so deeply embedded into our lives, and this, you know, WikiLeaks recently shadow government that the Clinton campaign was right. referring to. I mean, it, it's going to exist regardless of who's president, who the puppet frontman is. So that's what we need to focus on—not all the rhetoric and all this bullshit. 
Um, I think a lot of times that's where I, I find even people within the movement kind of being distracted. And it's like, it's hard for me to, you know, I try to stay away from movement because a lot of times I'm not the guy who's trying to be divisive and uh, fling mud or whatever. But it, it is surprising to me that so many people put so much stock and opinion into this because it's, it's all a horse and pony show. You know? mm-hmm. I guess people like say Lou Rockwell, Walter Block, and some of these, these old school OGs, you know, they've been watching these presidential elections for so long that I think they kind of find some entertainment value and seeing like someone like Trump come around. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they shift their support slightly. And that's why you'll hear some rhetoric from them, even supporting them to a certain extent, not endorsing them, but supporting them. But, uh, you know, I'm still not to that point. I'm still <laughs> adamantly against the state. I'm still adamantly against voting. I'll never, I mean, it, to a certain extent, it is political theater. And yeah, I'll watch a debate uh, just for the, the theater aspect of it. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's really hard for me to even take this the, the question seriously when it comes to the candidates, because I just kind of see the whole foundation of the basis being bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, th- I completely agree with you. And, uh, I, I'm a, you know, I'm kind of, uh, in the camp of, you know, opting out peaceful resistance. I, I, I choose not to participate in the game and the charade. You know, I, I really, I don't think anything ever is going to get accomplished by voting somebody in, you know, by you don't you don't like Donnie Brasco the situation try and like, you know, f- take down the mob by 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 getting on the inside. It's just not going to happen with this giant bureaucracy, this this deep state that we have. It's it's too big, it's too much now. Um and I I really just don't think that that's going to happen. I think the only way that it comes is from the the outside. Um so and I, and I know you believe that too. So, what does that look like? Like what is how does change happen? you know, from an activist kind of perspective, I mean, you were talking about knowledge plus action. So like, what, what does that like look like to you? Like explain to me, I guess, you know, kind of what that looks like. And then like, what you hope, hope to see what you want to see. Sure, man. No, it's a, a great question. Um, and I actually watched, I've watched it a couple times now, but Jeff, Jeff Deist, the president of the Mises, um, Academy mm-hmm. university, he had a great talk um, probably about six months ago about this specifically, uh, what we could do to kind of put action towards solutions. And uh, I actually have them listed here, so please don't mind because I feel like it is kind of a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, he, gave, he gave four different solutions. Um, the first one was the political option, um, kind of what we were just talking about, trying to work within the systems, um, uh, which the hippies tried, and you know how that worked out, right? Uh, we could try the third party thing, but at the same time, um, we still know that the, the basis of government is not only inefficient, uh, ineffective, but it's, it's, it's morally, it's something that, I mean, it's an initiation of violence and taxation. And we know that in a sense, that sense, it's something that's not to be desired as a peaceful society. So, that, in a way, it doesn't really make much sense to me, the political option, just because we already ultimately know that government doesn't have any incentive to ever be efficient or effective, and they have a moral problem there. Um, so the second way he talks about is the strategic withdrawal, which is withdrawing consent, um, building a life outside of government parameters, um, 
And that's basically like agorism. Uh, sometimes that just means subtle lifestyle changes. Um, sometimes that means completely going off the grid, uh, expatriating. Um, there's communities like the Free State Project. Um, mm-hmm. There's some seasteading attempts. Uh, there's like the prepper movement. There's just things that we could do to not necessarily be dependent on the state and kind of build a society without the state. And that sounds kind of grandiose, but it does start on a very small scale on anything, obviously, whether it be Apple, the company Apple, or, you know, anything, uh, everything starts at a very small scale. So I think when people hear something like this, they kind of feel like it's not really reasonable. Um, but I do feel like the agorist approach probably is something that it will have a profound effect, especially the more and more it starts to kind of build off each other. Um, and Derek Rose, uh, a great activist in Houston, I'm sure you're familiar with his work, is mm-hmm. kind of working on something called the Freedom Cells right now, which is basically exactly that. It's just trying to find a handful of people within your community who kind of understand liberty, who are very prepared to be self-sustainable, who could be people who defend their community. I mean, there's a whole like list of things that kind of constitutes what a freedom cell is but then once you have this freedom cell then you try to find other freedom cells within your area and eventually there's kind of a network and a group full of freedom cells and um, that's a whole different approach as well but uh, going back um, the third would be uh, the hearts and minds which is basically the evolution by educating inspiring other people um, education academia media social media religion books um, speeches um, yeah, until basically people start to see, like I was talking about, the immorality of the state and all the inconsistencies, uh, there probably won't be a change, so we kind of have to chip away at the root, and it's not, it's certainly not a quick fix, a quick fix, um, it's certainly going to be something that's intergenerational, which I think we probably, I don't want to speak for you, but I think we both kind of already kind of understand, uh, it's not going to be something that just happens overnight. It's probably not going to be something that a Gary Johnson presidency could fix. It's going to be something that's <laughs> yeah, going to no. multiple, multiple generations, you know? So, um, and then the last, the fourth uh, possible way of um, defeating or abolishing the concept uh, institution of the state is the resistance, uh, which is kind of the physical manifestation of civil, civil uh, disobedience, um, I think agorism probably falls into this category as well. Um, tax protests, um, evading, ignoring regulations, black market activities, um, utilizing uh, cryptocurrencies and 3D printing and stuff like that. So Great. I was like really uh, inspired when I when I heard that, and so I kind of wanted to list. Uh, and I definitely highly recommend any of your listeners to YouTube that and try to find that video because he nails it. I mean, that guy's a, a really good speaker. Yeah, Jeff Dice, yeah. Jeff Dice, yeah. Excellent, yeah. I'll definitely put that uh, in the show notes for a link. Um, that was that was great, yeah. Well, cool. We're, we're like heading towards the, the hour mark. I think this has been a pretty good conversation so far. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, so you're, I mean, you're, you're very passionate about all these things you were mentioning before, you know, with the, the drug war and the police to police and, and, and everything that you have going on. Seems like you're a pretty busy dude. 
Um, so I appreciate you making the, making the time for me. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of maybe, uh, talk about? I mean, this, like I said before, this show is more, you know, definitely focuses on, I, I definitely talk about, you know, psychedelics and drugs and, you know, marijuana and, and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, I try and do it in the context of Liberty. Um, you know, and one of the things I guess, like we're not really hearing a lot about, uh, recently is like this, uh, the war on drugs. And just, you know, recently I saw this, uh, this, uh, come out about how marijuana arrests are higher than non, uh, than violent, uh, offenders, uh, arrests. So, uh, I mean, what, it, just to get like kind of your last take about this kind of important topic, you know, I'm sure my listeners will care about and, and something you're passionate about. I mean, what, you know, what's going on with this stuff? I mean, are we, we going to ever see a change or? I don't know. They keep uh, promising. They, they keep saying they're tiptoeing towards, you know, uh, having some, alleviating some kind of prohibition towards uh, even cannabis and all types of other drugs. But who knows? A lot of times they're just telling us what we want to hear, you know. So, um, but as far as the drug war goes, man, I really feel like I, I really feel like I wish that. Black Lives Matter would focus more on this aspect because right now we have one in eight kids who are poor without a parent in their homes because of the drug war. There is an uh, amazing, I think, I can't remember quite, I think it's something crazy, like 1.4 drug arrests last, 1.4 million drug arrests last year or something crazy like that, you know? like, mm-hmm. And these are people who have not harmed anyone. You know, if anything, they're exploring their own consciousness. Um, yes, some people might be abusing drugs, but they're not harming anyone else. You know, they're certainly not in a healthy mindset, but I don't think that putting them in a cage is going to help their situation by any means. You know, uh, we have the highest incarceration rate. Uh, we have 22% of the world's prisoners, but 4% of the world's population, you know, so like that. That to me seems absolutely insane. I don't know how we could call ourselves a free country. You know, it doesn't make any sense that every Fourth of July, when Fourth of July comes around, that people are still celebrating this because it's the complete opposite of a free country. And um, you know, hopefully, we'll see some sense sensibilities as far as um, states, kind of, I guess hopefully decriminalizing, but more likely legalizing cannabis. And that's just the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's going to happen at a state level. But as far as uh, Hillary Clinton coming in and kind of uh, abolishing all prohibition to drugs, I don't see that happening. And I think it's actually quite the contrary. I think that actually the WikiLeaks that were just recently uh, released, it, she was speaking towards Big Pharma, saying that that would actually never happen and promising that that wouldn't happen during the presidency. So, yeah, probably not much uh, light at the end of that tunnel, unfortunately, right now on a bigger scale. But I do think a lot of people are uh, recognizing the importance of the drug war because that is a lot of times what does escalate um, a lot of the police violence and misconduct and... uh, brutality, you know, and just the fact that they feel like they have this right to not only control our subconscious and tell us what we can and can't do with our own bodies, but they actually no knock raid and, you know, actually break and enter. And, yeah. Shoot uh, your like, dog. Yeah. Kicking down our doors and yeah, kicking, shooting dogs and 
you know, just to enforce what this idea that we can't, we're not supposed to have a plant, you know, in our in our possession or some substance that they deem illegal. I mean, it, it really is the antithesis to freedom, and it yeah, seems like right. completely ridiculous. So. Yeah, like you said, there it's a plant, right? Like I, I remember one of the most recent uh, shootings that happened. That that uh, black guy uh, in, um, damn, where was it? Was it North Car- Charlotte? I forget exactly where it was, but it was he, the guy was was rolling a joint in his car, and that gave the cops like suspicion. They're like, oh, he's rolling a joint. So like four, four or five of them surrounded him, and were like, get out of the car. I mean, and then they shot the guy to death. And then it turns out, like, oh, he might have had a gun, you know, the typical story that you hear. But I mean, just to think of like that mentality is like the prevailing, you know, mentality in our culture is so dangerous. Like, we're, I, I have a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I have, I, it, it bog, it, it oftentimes bogs me down. I, and I get like, man, like, we're, we're just going to have to, it's, we're going to tear each other apart before anything comes out of the, and then something might rise out of the rubble. But I just, I don't see kind of everyone all of a sudden just, you know, I mean, I would, I would, I would like to see everyone kind of awakening and, you know, I'm trying to do my part and everything, but I, I feel like just the way that things are going, we're just on this roller coaster that's just headed into a brick wall. And, uh, Maybe that's maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe that's what we need to happen for things to get really bad, like really bad before they get better. I don't know. That's pretty bleak. Like that's my outlook. What's what's your outlook? How do you how do you first of all how do you stay sane doing what you do? That's the first question. And secondly, give me your outlook, and then we'll we'll wrap this puppy up. Sure, man. Yeah, it it, it definitely takes balance. Um, I, I recommend that anybody who wants to get into this work tries to really find a balance because it is very easy to get into a negative mindset when you do see all this violence and uh, you know negative information on a daily basis. So just balance, taking a walk, meditating, exercising, doing things you enjoy, going for a hike, all those things. Because I think a lot of times people who are passionate about this information end up um, becoming very entranced and obsessed with it and they've, they've become very passionate and motivated to share this information with others and want to do what they can to try to change the direction of things. And I'm very much one of those people, but I, it's important for my mental health to take a step back once in a while, more than once in a while, and actually, you know, enjoy life and take a second to remember the magic and the beauty in life. So that's how, <laughs> that's how I deal with it. Um, and your second question, I think right now we're, uh, we're kind of in the age of information. I think most people kind of understand that with the internet. Um, I think next comes the age of transparency. I think probably maybe not necessarily this generation or the next generation, but with the internet, um, there is going to have to become more transparency within the world and with from governments and corporations to the point where People are going to want questions answered. People are going to want to be able to see what's happening. Um, so I think once that starts to kind of evolve and roll over, that's when we'll start to see more action. Um, I think right now we're just in the awakening process. We're still trying to wake people from their apathetic slumbers. We're trying to, you know, give them this information and knowledge so they can understand what's going on within themselves and with the world around them. Um, and 
it's going to be a while. Like I said, it's an intergenerational process. You know, it's going to take a long time and it's going to be bleak. I think you're right. I think a lot of times people won't make change until something actually affects them or people they care about. And once we start seeing that happening on a mass scale, that's when we'll start to see change. Uh, we could see gradual shifts here and there uh, with the mentality of the way we kind of look at things as a society, but I, I truly believe that it's going to be an intergenerational process and it's sometimes it's going to be big events that are probably going to be things that are going to have to wake people up and it might be just educational and all different types of approaches, which will kind of hopefully kind of elevate and work towards that, you know, but um, yeah, man, I think we need to all kind of buckle our seatbelts and just kind of be patient and, um, you know, try to find that balance because it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a bump, bumpy ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're awake, you're going to notice, you're going to know what's going on. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to say, I feel confident knowing that one of, uh, I think, uh, the, the pioneers in this new space heading towards transparency and in the information age is, is you guys at Free Thought Project and what you guys are doing. Um, you know, real rev, I'm getting a real revolutionary, you know, spirit there. And it's, and, you know, I'll obviously promote, promote Free Thought Project as much as I can. But, uh, you know, there's other great people out there too. You mentioned anti-media before. I'm a big fan of We Are Change, Luke Radowski and what he's doing. And just a million other people. Adam Kokesh is going on a tour right now and, and talking to people all over the country. Um, I have, you know, this show that I do and my other show, Part of the Problem. And um, so there's, there's tons of people out there and, there's, and they're all passionate about this. And uh, there, there is a, a bit of a kind of a revolutionary air in the in the in you know, this country, um, it's just coming about in a different way. You know, we're not all, you know, taking five tabs of LSD and running into the streets, but if you want to do that, if anyone wants to do that, message me, uh, on Facebook cause I'm down. Um, evolution before the revolution, right? That's right. Evolve and that's when we'll see a, a true revolution. But remember, you know, revolution is just, you know, all the way around and we, we want to see change. We don't want to go back to the place we started. So, we actually want evolution. We want to actually change and break free of these mental constructs that do oppress us. And and even if people don't understand or recognize it, they are actually affecting their lives. You know. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a that's a good note to end the the podcast on. You know, breaking free of these mental constructs, whether you realize it or not. You're a slave to the state, and it's all over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Cool, man. So where tell, tell people where they can find you and follow you and, and your work and, uh, and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. The uh, freethoughtproject.com is our website. Um, our Facebook is the same exact thing, the Free Thought Project. We're also on Google+, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and then follow me at uh, my police accountability site and page, uh, which is Police the Police uh, Facebook and Check out my Voluntarist Anarchist page, which is VS for Voluntary. Uh, we also have the Under the Drug War page. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of different uh, Facebook pages and then the main uh, site, which is the Free Thought Project. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I cool. really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot, Jason. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you.
We are not interested in being regulated by the state, manipulated by the state. The state should stand down.